0: Good morning, my family. Here we go. Come on. I hope you're ready to worship this morning. We'll sing this wonderful anthem, wonderful reminder of who he is. Come on.
1: What are you turning to? Open the eyes of the blind. Is we ride.
0: Be praised. No matter the circumstance we raise, at hallelujah, God be praised.
1: And so I throw up my head, praise you again and again. Because all that I have is a hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. For heart singing Hallelujah, Hallelujah. All my words fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express? I could sing these songs, as I often do, but every song must stay.
2: were even alive. You have given your life to redeem us. Before we loved you, you have loved us. Before we looked for you, you were looking for us. How can anything we do compare to what you have done for us? So we humbly, humbly bring you worship, for it is all that we have is to bring you, hallelujah, bring you praise in whatever form that it may be, for only you are worthy, only you are worthy of this praise that we can bring. So we offer it up, Heavenly Father, let it be a sweet aroma to you as the offering that we can provide. We bring it to you from the bottom of our heart in whatever form it may be, Heavenly Father, for you know your people and you know how they worship. But let them worship, Heavenly Father, and hear our worship For The Bible says that if we don't worship, the rocks will take our place, and none of us want to be replaced by a rock. So we offer you, Heavenly Father, our worship, for you are worthy. You are worthy for so many other reasons, for the miracles that you have brought just this week, the healings, the restoration, the broken chains that you have done in this last few days, in this last month, in this last year, Heavenly For the big things that you have done and the little things that you have done, like letting us know what our next one step is, like letting us know what the purpose is for which we have been created, for guiding us, for letting us hear your wisdom, and for just being in this place in your presence, Heavenly Father, for all of those things and so many more, we give you worship, Heavenly Father. I know that there are people in this place with all kinds of brokenheartedness and all kinds of things that they lay right now at the foot of the cross we know your power we know that you are kings that you are lord of lords That you are the al shaddai the adonai the beginning and the end the one who was and is and is to come heavenly father And for that we lay all of those things that burn in us right now we lay them at your feet we don't know the answer to any of those things but we know the one who does and we proclaim your power over all of those things that burden us. For we are the children of the Almighty. And we step right now into your grace, into your love, into your power, into your presence, into your wisdom, into who you are in our lives. And we declare victory and grace and love and peace and joy and wisdom for your children. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.
1: Nothing else fit for a king, except for hearts singing hallelujah, and hallelujah, sing hallelujah, hallelujah, and hallelujah. Sing one more time. say,
0: good to be in his presence. Church, yeah. Church, this morning, as you uh maintain a spirit of worship, why don't we show our gratitude to one another for being in this place, amen? Why don't we greet one another in his name? Thank you, Jesus.
3: Good morning, church. It is so great to see you here this morning. Man, how was that time of worship? Oh, my goodness. And it hasn't stopped. We are still in our time of worship Amen. together. I feel it.
0: But I still feel it. What's oh,
3: up? my goodness. Good morning. How are you, Lena? Good morning.
0: For church, we want to welcome you into his house. And, I man, we want to welcome those watching from home, those in this place. And, mm-hmm. and you're within the sound of my voice. Welcome. 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 And yes. it's just an amazing time. We want to... Um, Do we have any first-time visitors? Can we say first-time visitors in the house? Hey, man, welcome Welcome, in. Welcome. Welcome Those who I might have missed uh, because of my foggy sunglasses, I I do the worst job of cleaning these things. That's why I always take them off. Uh, But, church, we want to welcome you into his house, and what an amazing time of worship just being together. You know, one of the things I love about coming in this place, Lena, is this congregational time of worship isn't it just mm-hmm. amazing it's so I, hey this is what happens every sunday mm-hmm. every wednesday when you walk in through the doors of new beginnings church and then we just feel his presence we congregate and we worship together that's just amazing so i want to uh, just hey while we're here invite somebody to church one day yeah, yeah. it's so awesome just yeah. a quick invite hey what are you doing this sunday let's come to church with me right it's just an amazing time church My name is Michael Romero. I'm your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church.
3: My name is Lena Mazaranich. I'm a worship leader here at New Beginnings. Amen.
0: And church, we want to just catch you up on a couple of things that that are going on here at New Beginnings Church. Um, Hey, we're nearing the end of the month by mathematical uh, procedures. We can already say it's the end of the month because we're past the halfway mark. And church, uh, we want to remind you of something very, very, very important. On the 28th of this month, is Baptism Sunday. Can we give it up for those? Yes. Amen. Yeah. And what we pray is that, man, especially days today where you really feel the presence of God, like I say, every time you walk in, that's the deal here at New Beginnings. Mm-hmm. Church, I hope that the Lord has been stirring your hearts already saying, you know what? I'm worshiping. I'm singing from the depth of my soul. I'm lifting my hands up in surrender, this feeling that I'm getting. Yeah. It's bigger I'm, than emotion. It, it's, it's bigger than emotion. That's right. Nice. We want you to go to the next step. We want you to go to the next Mm -hmm. step and say, you know what? I want to make a public declaration to get baptized. And if you have not done that yet and say you have received the Lord and you want to get baptized, I want you to sign up to be baptized on the 28th of this month. It's just going to be an awesome service.
3: That's right. I love baptism service church, not just uh, people who choose to dedicate their lives and make that vertical commitment with the Lord, but the people that we get to be a witness to that like it is so important to be able to witness that because then we know who exactly to encourage we see people who are new in their faith who are young in their walk and we can seek them out and we can continue to encourage them not just be there as they come out of the water but be there as they step out of it as they step into their new life church it is always such a beautiful service so i encourage you come and witness it and if you haven't been baptized before come and be baptized an
0: amazing step of our faith, and mm-hmm. we've been called to do that. We've been called to imitate Christ, and He got baptized. So you and I need to do the same thing. That's going to be January the 28th, right after, immediately following, rather, this second service. So if you've not done that yet, I invite you to do that. Yes. Church, uh, the day before, something really cool is happening. Uh, one of the, we talk about families all the time. What's going on on the 27th? Catch yes. us up, Manny. so on
3: the 27th, I know a lot of the parents are in this room right now, because uh, we have newbie kids going on, but parents... Uh, if you have a child that's up to the age of fifth grade, I know that's not an age, but you know that <laughs> age range. You know, <laughs> you parents, we encourage you and we welcome you. We are having a parents' night out on Saturday, January twenty eighth. It's from six pm to nine pm. So, if you've been needing that date night with your significant other, or if you just need a night out with some with your friends, you know, with the girls or with the boys, we encourage you come drop off your kids. They'll they'll be well taken care of. I'm sure if they're already in newbie kids right now, they tell you how much fun they have every week and what they learn. They will continue to do so during this parents' night out. Uh, We do ask, however, parents, that you do register them prior to bringing them and don't register them on Saturday the 27th. Register them before them because it's so important that they know so that they have food to provide for your kids and, and they have enough activities and crafts to provide for them. Because let me tell you, when kids are hungry, they get hangry. They can be mean. So we want to be able to have food for them. <laughs> not mean. just for the kids, but also for the people that are watching them. For their sake as well, parents. So.
0: Amen. Hey, important to know that if you decide on last minute and say, hey, I want to drop off my kid today, mm, are we going to turn you away? No. no. We just, you know, my grandpa used to have this saying in Spanish, donde comen doce, comen trece. So what, what happens, we just take one graham cracker from every kid. That way everybody has graham So, But what we would love to be uh, well-prepared for every single one. So please sign up uh, your child if you're going to come in and uh, take advantage of parents' night out. Which, yeah. by the way, we do quarterly. So you can start planning those out from time to time. Yeah. Amen. Hey, uh, February, uh, we're the men of God in the house. Men of God in the house. Quick reminder, they're like, yeah. Quick reminder, February is Valentine's Day, guys. Public service announcement. Eh, you're welcome. Don't say I didn't do none for you. February, Valentine's Day, it actually lands on a Wednesday, right? It lands on a Wednesday uh, Wednesday night, so we're still going to have uh, midweek service. And what's really cool about Valentine's Day for midweek service is that we're actually going to have vow renewals that day. So maybe you're uh, one of those milestone anniversaries that we've talked about. Or, like, a five or ten or maybe a 20 year anniversary that you've been doing. And you said, You know what? Like, I, you know, you guys already know what I call Barbara, so I'm not gonna hide it anymore. You know what, Feita? We've been married. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. What, what does what that I call mean in English? It means my lovely wife. That's what oh, it means okay, in English. Okay. It means my beautiful, <laughs> lovely wife. That's what it means. But I would tell, Hey, you know what, Feita? We've been married for 20 years and Let's renew our vows, our family come together, and it's an awesome opportunity for you to invite your friends and your family to come witness your, renowned, your renewed commitment to one another. Not because you're on rocky soil, right? It's not about that. It's because you really say, hey, we've been married for 20 years. This would be really cool, man. And so we invite you to do that. You know, Pastor Richard is obviously going to be a message of love, hope, devotion, and loyalty, those kind of things. But, hey, we're talking awesome vow renewals. So if you want to participate, come ready. Okay? Remember no it's not a full wedding it's not an i do right nobody's gonna walk down the aisle no, no, nothing like it's a vow renewal and so after after uh his sermon a pastor will be having some vow renewals so that's gonna be awesome to t- uh, to is, witness
3: that is it's, yeah. it's perfect and it's because we have baptism two weeks before that so you're yeah. able to make that vertical commitment amen. and then if you're married two weeks after that you get to make that commitment amen, with
0: the horizontal commitment yes, amen the horizontal yes. commitment. Yeah, so because, you know, it's important to to note that that vow renewal, first and foremost, you want to renew your vow with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then here, because it's so important that if you're not connected here, this is not going to happen. Amen. So we want to remind you that on February the 14th, but church, there's so much going on at New Beginnings Church. And so we want to encourage you to download the NBC ABQ app. If you've not downloaded that app, it's so important you connect with us there. You can ask questions you can submit a prayer request you can register for child dedications, or maybe you want to register to be baptized we we're talking about that that's, right. that's how you do it if you don't know how to download that or maybe you say i don't want to deal with the app not mad at you at all there's a connections table that you can talk to obviously you see that big desk when you walk in that's to say hey we're here to help we're here to serve that's right. ask them how to do it and you can do it while we're in that app it's so important we always talk about that app uh, lena Tell us about that app on the bottom right hand corner, what it the signifies. App
3: in the bottom right hand yes. corner, is that where we connect? That's where we that connect. That's right. where we
0: give. Yes. You and I connect through our giving. Amen. So church, if you have not done that and you say, I want to participate, the Lord has been challenging me in that because it's it's our job to be obedient to the word of God. And the word of God tells us to be obedient mm-hmm. in the tithe. And we give it not to this building, but you give it to the kingdom through this building. So I want you to remember that, church. You and I have to be obedient in that and always faithful. So thank you so much. And we say from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for your faithful obedience. Mm-hmm. Always going above that. Ways to give are behind me or in front of you at home. You can participate electronically via text, our website, or even through our app. Okay? Or you can give uh, through with, if you, maybe you're writing a check or you want to give a cash donation, you can pick up an envelope, drop it off at one of the tithing boxes in the entryways of this sanctuary because what you and i are doing church is significant work of the kingdom of god out there amen it's not just about sitting in here it's what we do out there that counts and we thank you for that church with that being said pastor richard we turn it over to pastor richard
4: what a joy to celebrate his goodness and his mercy amen Young people, you've already been dismissed, but uh, if there's any lagging behind, if you're in the 6th grade, the 12th grade, they have a Bible study right now, right across the hall, so you're welcome to to go and join them. Um, Some of you might know, and some of you don't, because a lot of people have been asking how my wife is doing on Thursday. Well, on Christmas Day, she wasn't feeling well, and she stayed in bed all day, she was real, real sick for three days, and then she got better, and it, it's just been a ongoing thing, but uh, on Thursday, um, her doctor had told her, you know, if you get worse, we'll go to the emergency room, but otherwise, we'll see you in a month and a half, and I'm like, they're going to do a CT scan a month and a half, babe, By Then maybe you're dead, you know, there's a hospital right across the street, why don't you go over there, they already said to go, so she went there. And uh, I had a leg procedure done, so I'm at my doctor's office. And when I get back, I go, so what did they tell you? She goes, I think I'm having surgery. I go, what? What do you mean you think? They go, well, they came and gave me a robe, and they said, put that on because they're coming to get you soon. And I go, for what? And she goes, I don't know. They didn't tell me. So I'm like, wow. So I rushed over there, and uh, finally the doctor came and said, yeah, we're you're we're having have to have your appendix out that's why you're so sick so uh she had uh her appendix out at 7 30 at night at by nine o'clock she was in a hospital room and uh but man as she was coming to she had a real bad reaction to the anesthesia uh the anesthesia and uh and her breathing closed up and so man, she goes i thought i was gonna die and uh what was really awesome, I don't know if she here, but there's a lady in our church that's a nurse. She happened to be Cindy's nurse that night. She wasn't even scheduled to work, and she decided to come in, and she prayed over her. And uh, Cindy made it through. She's at home right now, recovering. Thank you for your prayers. So uh, at the count of three, would you just say, hi, Cindy? One, two, three. We love you, babe. Uh, I, I also want you to know, you know what? There's a, a verse in the Bible that talks about Caleb and Joshua. Caleb and Joshua were, were some of the spies that went into the land to spy out the land. And, and when they're finally going to cross over, to the, they're going to cross the Jordan River into the, the promised land. Caleb was 80 years old. And he goes, I might be 80 years old, but I still got it, baby. I still <laughs> got it. Well, we have an 80 year old that still got it. Mike Dalton had a full hip replacement surgery on Monday of this week, and he's here today. Mike, we love you. <laughs> We're praying for you. He's on a walker, don't rush on him, don't just, just wave from a distance, but man, it's so amazing to see that spirit of Caleb in him. His grandson's name is Caleb, and uh, that's just awesome. But Guys, I started a sermon series called Life's Healing Choices, because in life, um, I don't know if you've noticed, life is brutal. <laughs> life can be tough, and then we make bad choices, don't we? We do things we shouldn't do. The things we're supposed to do, we don't do. The things we're not supposed to do, we're doing. and We're just a mess. So if you're a mess, you came to the right place. Because this is a church of the messed up ones that are getting better. And we're finding healing and wholeness in Christ. And uh, all of us have hurts and habits and hang-ups. But how we choose to address those hurts, habits, and hang-ups. We make choices that sometimes really affect us in a very negative way. And these habits, sometimes people say, well, no, it's just a character flaw that I have, a character weakness. No, what it really is is it's a wound that you have in your life that you've never addressed and you haven't dealt with, and it's dealing with you. So that's what this whole series is about. Uh, Life's Healing Choices. We just finished starting a ministry called Celebrate Recovery, where you could really make these healing choices for your life. This is our third weekend of the series. The first week, we talked about the reality choice. We talked about realizing that I'm not God. Of course, we know we're not God, but even though we know we're not God, we think we're God because we always tell God, I got it. I got it. I got it. I I could do it. I could do it. And look where it's got us. We're all messed up. You admit that you're powerless to control the tendencies that you do uh to do the wrong things and that your life has become unmanageable. In other words, you're unraveling. You're unraveling and you're going, Man, my life's unraveling and I'm just uh I'm just making some bad decisions and what's wrong with me and I don't know and I don't know why. The second week, we talked about the hope choice. And the hope choice is where you earnestly believe that God exists, where you finally realize, God isn't out to get me. God loves me. God loved me before I loved him. God forgave me even before I asked. God sought me out before I even realized I needed him. And you finally genuinely believe that God exists and that you matter to him, that I matter to God, and that he has the power to help me change. And we had, you know, we're looking at the Beatitudes, and and so the first one was in Matthew 3 where he says, God really, he, he says that he blesses those who are poor in spirit, and then that, and you realize your need for God. And then that in Matthew 5, 4, he says, God blesses those who mourn, who are broken, because they're going to be comforted. But today, we're looking at the third choice. And I'm going to be talking about really committing your life to God. That commitment choice is where you consciously, you consciously <clears throat> choose to commit all your life and will to God's care and control. And that's a real challenge because in, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 5, he says, God blesses those who are meek, who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. So, Lord, I really pray that uh, right now you really help us really understand uh, the meaning of meekness, of humility, and that we really get it, and then we would really come to that decision and make the choice to commit. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. For those of you watching online, I, I thank you for joining us every week, and, and I really pray that you feel what we're experiencing here, because, man, there's such a move of God right now. But when he says God blesses the meek, we don't always understand what meek means. Jesus is preaching, and he's preaching to a huge crowd. This is called the Sermon on the Mount. And when he's preaching, he's preaching to the crowd. But in the crowd are the priests and the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And they were very arrogant, arrogant people. They thought they knew it all, and no one could tell them anything and they thought they knew it so well, but they missed the Messiah when he was right in front of them. But he's addressing them, and they're, they're proud, and they're prideful, and they're leaders. And they were looking for a powerful general. They were looking for a warrior. They were looking for this general to come, but Jesus comes as this humble leader. He comes in meekness. And many many people don't really want to embrace meekness because they think it's weakness, but it's not weakness. The word meek in the Greek is literally, the, 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 the word is pleos and but what it means is humble. It means meek. It means taking a wild animal, and, and he's broken into submission, and now he has, you have all this strength, this power under control. Like a horse, this beast of an animal that, all of a sudden, you you break him into submission. You put a bit on him, and you could control him and guide him and lead him and 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 take him wherever he needs to go. And and Jesus is that meek leader. He came as this humble leader. He was fully God, yet he was fully man, and he's the power of God is in him, the full power of God. And look what it says about him in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 and tw- uh, through 23. It says, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering just as Christ suffered. And then he says, he suffered for you. And he says right there, he goes, he is an example, your example, and you must follow in his steps. He goes, he never sinned nor did he deceive anyone he did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor treated nor threatened rather revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly so here God is fully man and and he's showing us how to live he's showing us that when Jesus was insulted and Jesus was crucified and he's being beaten and all these things happened to him. He had the power to call down 10,000 angels and zap all these people. He could have annihilated them. But instead he said, not my will, but thy will be done. I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to retaliate. I'm not going to insult. I'm not going to threaten revenge. Even though I'm suffering, I'm going to give it over to God. And he showed us how to do that. And he's our example, and he wants us to understand that. So the very first we have to, a thing we have to understand is that meekness has always been God's way for humanity. God wants us to be meek. He wants us to be, have this power under his control. In the book of Job, chapter 5, verse 11, it says he gives prosperity to the poor and protects those who suffer. In Numbers, chapter 12, verse 3, he says, Now Moses was humble more humble than any other person on earth in psalm 25 verse 9 he says he leads the humble in doing right teaching them his way in ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 it says therefore i a prisoner serving for serving the lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. He said, I want you to be humble and gentle. I want you to have this meekness about you. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Man, he's saying, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Now we all have faults. Amen. I mean just look at the person next to you, okay? Now, now don't say anything to them. Just I just said to look at them. Now, what you're thinking of them, they're probably thinking of you. Yeah, yeah. Good thing he told me not to say anything and they're saying the same thing. Because we we can hurt one another sometimes. But because we're humble and meek and we're gentle and and we, we 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 allow god's power to guide us and help us we don't go about it like that that's why he wanted meekness for all of humanity in colossians chapter 3 verse 12 it says since god chose you to be his holy people that he loves you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy kindness humility gentleness and patience so god has given us this picture to really put on this new kind of clothing of meekness. In Titus chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, he says, remember the believers. He's saying, remember, guys, to submit to the government and its officers, they should be obedient, always ready to do what is right. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. So he's saying, I really want you to be meek. And coming back to a verse that we started with was in in the book of Numbers, chapter 12, verse 3. Now Moses was humble. He was meek, more humble than any other person on earth. So when you look at the life of Moses, You need to say, God, I need to learn from him because he was really a meek man. He was this power under control that we need to understand. So with God, we need to understand that God, with meekness, we win. And there's people that have wanted to make a difference in their life, and they say, you know what? I want to learn to be meek. I want to learn to win. I want to learn how to commit my life wholly to the Lord. And one such person... It's a young lady from our congregation. Her name is Peaches. And would you help me welcome her today as she comes and shares her story? Peaches, we are so grateful for your faithfulness and you being here today. And and we're just praying for strength and boldness as God uses you, sis.
5: Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, everyone. Can everyone hear me? Awesome. Awesome. I can be loud if needed, so so I was making sure. All right, everyone. So good morning. My name is Peaches, and I'm a great believer in Jesus Christ. I have recovery with overworking at my job and people-pleasing, and I'm currently recovering from sexual addiction, lust, and rejection. My life before recovery was one of putting work before God, my family, and my marriage, and I did so to win the approval of others that I never received in my youth. I always saw myself as being ugly, as not being worthy of anything, but I told myself that if I can't be pretty, then I can at least be a good worker. This led to me hating God, that he blessed others with beauty, and I felt he made a mistake when it came to me, but at work, it was different. I can prove to others that I can be relied on. I prided myself on being a perfect worker, never calling out, doing all projects. I even loved being the center of attention at my jobs, knowing that where others failed, I was a victor. Before my recovery, I would let people push me over, and with this job, my insecurities won me over. Self-doubt, low self-esteem creeped in because I knew I wasn't living up to their expectations. I was constantly being told I wasn't good enough at this job, that I was failing my company and my managers, and to someone with rejection issues, this broke me. I would leave work every day crying, go home and work even more, and it was destroying me and my relationships. At one point, thoughts of suicide even plagued me. If I couldn't be a good worker, what was the point of me living? But my mask never allowed me to tell others my deepest thoughts. Those were between me and my God. There is a question in Book 2, Lesson 10, Spiritual Inventory that states, name the following, number the following list in order of your personal priorities. The first one being career, family, church, Christ, friendships, money, and ministry. And for me, I ordered the number in the following of my first being my career, second being family, third being friendships, continued on with money, church, and then last being Christ. This question stayed with me for weeks. How could I put something so mundane such as work above my God? I told myself that I was not going to put work above him again. So one day I decided to not return to work. This happened to be the exact same day that my dad had his monthly sermon. So I was super excited to drive over to them, tell them my plans. I left my keys. I took my belongings. I was confident in my choice to never return. Only for my parents to tell me to trust in my God, that I had a family to support, and that God will bless me. In short, be patient, which I don't do with. So I went back to work the next day, and my boss came into my office after hearing that Peaches took all her belongings. She left her keys. We saw her pack up, and she asked if anything was wrong. I answered, nothing. But in my heart, I had peace, and that peace was God. I started praying for a new door to open. Staying at that job day after day was one of the hardest things I've ever done. But I started focusing on God. I started started leaving work on time, dedicating my time back to my family, and setting boundaries at work. Then one day, my prayers were answered. I was suspended and ultimately fired. This is where they tell you to pray for specific things. It was truly my breaking point. I even found myself going to my parents and crying, asking why was I fired, to where my dad had said, didn't your answers get, pr- didn't your prayer get answered? And I said, yeah, but I didn't want to get fired. And he said, yeah, but a door opened. Parents, right? Um, <laughs> this was truly my breaking point, as I found myself wondering what I did wrong. I get this job and accompany everything of who I was, even my family. Again my prayers were answered. I was hired a week later at a job where I am supported and in my first few months I was shattering finance records and I was one of the 5 out of 21 buildings in New Mexico that hit the 2023 quota. I was putting my facility in a great spotlight all thanks to me trusting in my God. I now know my triggers that want me to put God first again or uh, I now know my triggers that want me to put work first again. I trust and turn unto him whenever I feel myself relapsing, but that's another story. CR has taught me that what you put in, you get out of it, and it's not just your average 12-step program. It's a lifestyle. I now know that I can become the wife, mother, daughter, and sister God that God wants me to be by working on my recovery. I ask of you, brothers and sisters, to this week to truly do a spiritual inventory and ask God to humbly list where you are with your personal priorities. It was heartbreaking for me to do, and it was not easy listening Christ last as I did. But I wouldn't have the recovery like I do now if I wasn't honest with Him. All I had to do was trust in the process and trust in my Father even more. Thank you.
4: Teachers, I want to thank you so much for your transparency, your honesty, your boldness. Um, you came to a point in your life where you said, I really need to commit. I can't keep doing this anymore. There's people right now that are right where you were, and they're going like, "God, how did you do it? What, how did you break past that? Wh- what would you say to them?" right now?
5: I don't know if I would say anything. I would normally, I would actually just ask a question of, "Aren't you tired?" Um, that was the n- number one question I asked myself when it came to my breaking point. Was. I was exhausted and tired of doing everything by myself and on my own. And I finally decided to turn my life over to Christ in the, tru- in the biggest breaking point of my life. And that led me wanting to know that I am tired and I humbly give myself to him in my exhaustion.
4: Now, yeah, isn't that awesome? Now, in your talk right now, you said "cr." ER. Not everyone understands what CR is, celebrate recovery. What exactly might someone experience at Celebrate Recovery?
5: Well, first of all, I was dragged to CR, so I was—I didn't go on my own accord. My parents are peer, are peer pressures. They're right there. Um, so I, I think that for me it was mostly a turn point of, admitting that I needed God, but what are the tools that are needed to help me get back to him? So, of course, everyone wants to help, and we do want recovery, but what are the tools needed to get us to that? So recovery for myself is more of understanding that I want to be a better person for my family and for my community, and CR so helped help me with the tools necessary to get there.
4: Aren't you glad your parents loved you enough to care about you enough to say, we have the tool that's gonna help you meet, huh?
5: I guess, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose we'll give them that. No, I was, it was actually, lecture- the, the day my, my dad's, my dad's a, a pastor and I went to him and I was like, guess what, I'm quitting, I, him, I gave them my keys, I took my stuff out, I'm excited. And he just like looked at me he's like, that's not what you're supposed to do. And I was like, yeah, but aren't you excited for me? He's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> so it's, it was great to know that my parents have recovery themselves. And they wanted me to recover because that's the greatest gift a parent can give their family is a gift of recovery. Thank you, guys.
4: Yeah. <laughs> now, CR Celebrate Recovery. We have it here at our church. You meet at every every what?
5: S- so we meet every Tuesday. Um, dinner is at six fifteen. So come on by and grab some food, and then we go into big group, which is in the fishbowl at seven and then we split
4: up into um, male and female groups. Amen. We hope you'll come and join us. Thank yes. you so much, Thank baby. You. We appreciate that. What a tremendous joy. What boldness. Now, if you go to Celebrate Recovery, uh, just to let you know, you, you don't have to get up and say all that, okay? Um, she volunteered to share her story to encourage you to be able to find the healing that she has found. And that brings me to the second thing I want to say is that not only is meekness something that God created for us to be able to bear with humanity, but meekness means that I acknowledge God's holiness, that we acknowledge his greatness, that we acknowledge he is God. See, we first of all have to start out and and be confident in who we are. And when I mean confident who we are, we're not talking about arrogance and prideful and, oh, look at me, I know who I am. No, 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 we're talking about, I really know who I am. I'm really confident that I'm messed up. I'm confident that I'm a sinner. I'm confident that I'm selfish, that I'm fearful, that I make bad decisions. I'm confident that I need God. I'm confident that I'm not God. I'm confident that I really need to take steps to become healthy in the way I make decisions, and in the things that I do. And so that confidence is that you really realize that you don't have control, that you don't have the tools that you need, that God does. You see, you come to realize what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17, and that is that for the Lord your God is the God of gods, and he's the Lord of lords. He's the great God. You see he, the mighty and awesome God, he shows no partiality and cannot be bright. In other words, you don't negotiate with him, you know he's God, and you're confident that you finally know that. It's like, man, I, I finally realize who I am. <laughs> I really realize I need God. I really realize, man, I, no wonder I'm so lost and messed up. I really need the Lord. The second, you're confident in whose you are. You realize that though you fall short, though I fall and stumble? though I mess up? I'm a child of God. I've given my life to Jesus Christ. I've surrendered to him. I've been washed by the blood. I'm a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have been made new. I've been transformed. God has done a work in my life. And because of that, I'm confident that I'm a child of God. And I can trust in him. And because I can trust in him, and I can put my hope in him, everything's going to be all right. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, it says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. So it's those that believe he's the Christ, believe that Jesus is the Christ. It's not everyone is a child of God. People say, aren't we all children of God? The answer to that is no. We're all creation of God. But we're not all children of God until you finally realize that Jesus Christ truly is the Christ and that he and you become a child of God. And it says, and everyone who loves the father loves the children too. So he's saying, I want you to understand that you belong part of this family. And that's the great hope that we have in the Lord. That now I have finally realized that I have come to Christ and who I am and whose I am, and what that means to my life. And then it brings me to the commitment choice then. It brings me to what you and I need to finally really face and make a decision on. You see, the commitment choice we read says uh, consciously choose to commit all my life and will to God's care and control. So let's take that just a word at a time, look, consciously in other words, you're making a conscious decision. This is a decision that you are making. You're not being forced into. You're not being coerced into. You finally realize, you know what? Wow, I I really need some help. Like Pete just said, my parents took me over there, but they didn't make her surrender because she still had to make that decision. See, some of us have been brought up in the church, and we go, well, I'm a Christian. I... I was born in the church. I've been in the church all my life. You know, just because you live in a garage doesn't mean you're a car. You, you know what I'm saying? So, so we, we've got to understand that we have to make a conscious decision that just because my family goes to church and we all go to church, I've got to choose, and it's just consciously, I make a choice, choose to commit. I've got to choose to commit. And that choice is literally over and over and over and over, daily, 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 every single moment of our life. We've got to commit to the Lord because you know what? The reality is we don't commit to the Lord all the time. Like right now, some of you right now are are, are halfway falling asleep. Okay? You're like, boring. Thank God they have... Nice padded chairs. Some of you are texting and you're yelping right now. You're on Yelp. Where are we going to go have lunch? And you're, you're like, and some of you are texting. And some of you are going, holy cow, he caught me. And some of you are putting your phone away now. And you're, and, and, and see, and I've got a choice to make. I could either call you out and say, ah, I see you over there, I see you over there, I see you. I, I. And, and even though that might be what I want to do, God's going to say, calm down, Richard. Remember where you came from. So you got to make a right decision. Choose to commit to God's will. Choose to commit your life and your, and your will. you got to make that choice. That's a constant choice. Every single day, we make it minute by minute. We make it minute, second by second. You you have choices you have to make every single day of your life. Choices that you have to make of of how to live, how to react, how to speak, how to, that why are you going to do what you're going to do? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? Uh, on an, All those things are choices we have to make every single day. In the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 16, says, Don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? Listen to that. You become a slave to the things you choose. So you could be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you could choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. So we have a choice we have to make. Every day we make choices. Every day we make choices. And then it says not only choose to commit, but... All my life and will. In other words, everything. Now, you know what everything is? Everything. Everything. But we kind of hold out. We kind of hold out. We kind of, see, the Bible says God's a jealous God. He doesn't like sharing us with other gods. He says he's the God of gods and the lords of lords. He's the mean one. He doesn't want you, well, I'm over here with you, God, and then I'm over here with this other God, this God that controls me and this God that has me and this God that, that those things that I do, those, those hurts, habits, and hang-ups that I, I keep doing behind closed doors and nobody knows about and, 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 and. Can you imagine going to a wedding? Picture a wedding. People are getting married. Here's a man, here's a woman. And I say to them, do you take her to love and to cherish, sickness and health, for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse? Well, yeah, most of the time. I mean, I'm, I, I have other women too. It's like, not just her, not just him. I mean, I got him. He's my metal, metal kind of sorta. He's my, my main squeeze, but I got other squeezes out there too. Can you imagine? You'd be like, what kind of wedding is that? I want all. I I don't want just part of it. I don't want a little bit. Am I connecting? See, yet yet with the Lord. I love you, Lord, but I love this over here, and I love this over here, and I love Oh, my gosh, man. The book of Luke, chapter 14, verse 33, it says, So you cannot become my disciple without giving up, here it is, everything you own. So, man, we're supposed to become a Christian. But see, we we compartmentalize everything. Well, I'm a Christian, but I'm a man, or you're a woman, and I'm a son, and I'm a brother, and I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather, I'm an uncle, I'm a cousin, I'm a friend, I'm a pastor. I wear all these different hats. But literally, we put on these different hats. Oh, now I'm a pastor, so leave my Christianity over there, my husband, on, on, No, 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 see, I'm a Christian 24-7. I'm a Christian who happens to be a man, who happens to be a son, who happens to be a brother, happens to be a husband, happens to be a father, happens to be a grandfather, happens to be an uncle, happens to be a cousin, happens to be a friend, happens to be a pastor, and on, and on, and on. So you're a Christian all the time. And you make that decision every single day with your whole life, your whole will, has been given over to God. And then it says, because what we have to understand that you're broken inside, you're hurting inside, you're confused, you feel empty, you're, you're just hiding things, you're doing things you shouldn't, and yet it says we, we totally give all our life and will to Christ's care and control. Because he loves me and he cares about me, I can surrender totally to him. And some of you haven't surrendered. yet, And that's why every Sunday I invite you if you're going to accept Christ, because I want to make sure that you have surrendered your will over to the Lord. You've completely given yourself to him. Peter said, I wouldn't say anything to you. I'd ask a question, are you tired? Well, what a brilliant answer. She's not saying what you need to do. She just, "No, are you tired? Are you, uh, how tired are you?" And in and, and the book of Matthew, chapter eleven, verse twenty-eight, he says, "Come unto me, all of you who are heavy laden, all of you who are exhausted, and I'll give you rest." But then verse twenty-nine says, "Take up my yoke upon you." The yoke is what brought the two, the two oxen together. The two, and they, they put them together, and and he's going. Put my yoke upon you. Let me teach you now, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So I don't know where you are today. I don't know if you you've never accepted Jesus. I don't know if you accepted Jesus and you backslid and you've just kind of you're just waffling and you're you're kind of a Christian and kind of sort of all the time, but man, most of the time, but well, not really all the time. Well, you, well, you try, but you know, I mean. <laughs> We all mess up, I mess up you mess up we all mess up and and so i, I and you're just kind of there you're this wishy-washy Christian you' you're totally not committed and and maybe you need to recommit your life I don't know where you are today, but God does and he's not condemning you but he's saying are you ready to commit wholeheartedly to me today because the Lord is inviting you He's inviting you unto himself. And we have some prayer warriors here. And if you're an altar prayer worker, would you make your way up so we could pray with you? Because we want to let you know that you have someone here that'll pray with you. We have someone here that cares about you. We have someone here that wants to hold your hand and and, and stand with you and that, to just believe in you. And I know right now some of you are hurting and 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 you've never given your life to the Lord, and some of you have backslid, and some of you are saying, you know what? This is all or nothing. Some of you as parents you might need to come up and say, we've done some things wrong. We want to do them right. I don't know where you are, but make your way up right now if you want prayer. As we sing this song, just say, you know what? I know I'm not where I need to be, but I want to be where you want me to be. So come up and just say, would you pray with me? Would you hold my hand and agree with me? Would you just stand with me? As you stand, would you just surrender completely to the Lord? Make your way up and ask God to just comfort you and minister to you. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you want to do that, I, wanna, I want you to come over here right under this television over here to my left, your right. And Pastor Eddie's going to be there and say, I've never given my life to Jesus and I want to do that today. I want to cry out to the Lord right now. And just let him know that you want to accept the Lord. But there's some of you that really are hurting right now. Make your way up. Sing this out. Prayer warriors, come on up and pray with us. And ask God to just minister. To minister powerfully. to
1: To speak into your
4: life and to allow you to surrender. And say, God, thank you for what you're doing. Sing it out. I know God's ministering to you. You don't have to come up here to, to pr- pray, but, but there's something special about coming up to the altar because you can surrender. It's a physical act of surrender. It's a physical act of saying, God, I don't I don't want to deal with this anymore. I need you to deal with it. Just ask God to minister. Would you? Keep making your way up.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The
0: arms stretched wide in the inside of your heart. Come on, sing it. I've got one response. I've
1: got one response I've got just one move With my heart stretched wide I will worship you So I love my hands And praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a heart Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I'm nothing else fit for a king. Except for heart singing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Step for heart singing hallelujah
4: whatever you're releasing to the lord right now just say heavenly father i thank you that you truly are the king and lord all we can say is hallelujah which means praise the lord thank you for being such a loving god father there's some that have never received you and in the name of jesus right now If you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to do that, just say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Today I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. And I want to live for you forevermore. Forgive me of my past and let me embrace my future. I pray in Christ's glorious name, amen. Remember, Pastor Eddie's over here. He's got a Bible and some material for you. God, I pray blessing over everyone watching online and everyone in the sanctuary. You know our burden. You know our pain. You know our hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And today we commit everything to you. Everything. We're not going to hold back anymore. Everything's yours, Lord. Bless us, guide us, lead us, instruct us. I pray in the mighty, mighty name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and God's people said, amen.
1: Sing it out, would you? Show your love
4: to one another. We're going to have, meet the pastor right now. if you're gonna meet the pastor could you come and join me right through this door?